Welcome to Step Struggles. I'm your host, Brooke, and I'll be discussing common issues we face in blended families. All too often, step parents feel alone while navigating the tough times. My goal is to shine a light on these topics and perhaps provide a fresh perspective to those who are needing one. Let's discuss this week's struggle. Happy Friday. I am back with another amazing stepmom, Amelia from Lane Step Family Coaching. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I am sure a lot of people already know who you are, but why don't you kind of give the lowdown on what you do and what what your family's like? Yeah, so I'm Amelia. I am a stepmom of one, a mom of two. One of those is an hours baby. Uh, my husband and I have been together for 12 years. I had to think about that one for a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really struggled uh, for a, a long, long time, uh, longer than I like to admit. Uh, but I eventually um, did some things that I'm sure we'll talk about uh, that helped me to kind of overcome all my struggles. And uh, in 2020, I became a certified step parent coach and I opened Lane Step Family Coaching. So that's that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. And how old are the kids? How old how old are they now? Uh, so our girls are both 14. Uh, so that's, oh. yes, that is a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our son is eight. Nice. So the girls are the same age. Yeah, they're just four months apart. So wow. Um, which... <laughs> which always is a funny conversation when we're out in public and people don't, don't know who we are. And, and, you know, they'll say, you know, how old are your kids? And I say, well, this one's 14 and this one's also 14. Oh, they're twins. Well, no, they're four months apart. (laughs) Yeah. It was a crazy time. What can I say? (laughs) Yeah. It was a miracle. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. So they were two when you started dating. Yeah, they were. Yeah, Emma wasn't quite two years old, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's been quite quite the journey for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did that go, introducing them? Did they get along? I, they're so little, it's hard not to. Yeah, they did. It was really funny. So we, my husband and I kind of dated a little bit. Um, it honestly wasn't too long before we introduced the kids, I think mainly because we both were, well, I wasn't married before, but I was engaged and he was married before. Uh, and I think we both just kind of knew what we were looking for and, you know, that we weren't in re- an, in this relationship to, you know, play around. It was a serious thing. And, and once we kind of made that decision and committed, the next step was going to be to introduce our, our girls to one another. And I remember thinking I wanted it to be in a, in a space that wasn't mine and wasn't his, um, which mm-hmm. is funny now because I didn't know what I know now, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I knew enough that I didn't want it to be, you know, in one of our territories. So let's go to neutral ground. So we ended up meeting in a local park and we took the girls for a little walk. Um, and then we played on the swings for a while and, and they had a great time. Uh, I remember his daughter was a little bit clingy and kind of unsure, but um, overall it went really well. And the girls hit it off, honestly, right away. And they were like the best of friends right from the get-go, really. Um, That's great. Yeah. So it was really, that was really, really nice the way that they have always got along. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. And do they still get along? Are they still close? They- yeah they are attached at the hip whenever my stepdaughter is here um they're always you know connecting on social media on snapchat or whatever they're always chatting oh they are they're really great friends i i can only remember a very short period of time uh i think maybe the girls were probably about four Mm -hmm. um without getting into details too much, my stepdaughter, or sorry, my daughter started calling my now husband, she started calling him dad, she blurted it out one day. And 
uh, again, without getting into too many details, um, her her biological dad is not around. He's not in the picture, um, mm -hmm. and she doesn't she doesn't know or remember him. Um, so, to my daughter, my, my her stepdad was her dad, um, and she had called him by his first name for you know the entire relationship. And this this one particular day, she blurted out "dad," and. Uh, him and I talked about it later on and, and he said that, you know, I'm, it's okay if that's what she wants to call me, that's fine. And um, so we didn't correct it. Um, I do remember trying to have some kind of conversations with her about, you know, calling him dad and what that meant and things like that. But obviously they were age appropriate conversations. They weren't very too, you know, detailed or in depth. Um, but I do remember during that time when my stepdaughter heard my daughter say that it did cause a few little tips between them. And I remember her saying, you know, he's not your daddy, he's my daddy. And, um, and I remember my husband trying to, you know, calm everyone down and it's okay. I'm everyone's dad. And yeah, uh, you know, and it was really difficult because they were so, so little. So trying to, you know, navigate navigate and and help his daughter understand without you know it was just a confusing time but I think given the situation we dealt with it really well and like I said it was only a really short period of time that that was kind of an issue and and now it, it's nothing it's you know he's dad and that's just the way it is so yeah oh good good yeah. so it didn't discourage her at all from calling him that no, no, not at all. No. Oh, good. Oh, I love that they're friends. That's makes things a little easier. It does. Yeah. Yeah. We've really lucked out that way because I know talking to so many stepmoms, that's a huge issue in houses is just the kids not, you know, meshing. Um, yeah. Which adds a whole other set of challenges really. So yeah, we have really lucked out that way for sure. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And how did they take to you becoming pregnant with their brother? Um, you know, I, I think everyone kind of took it well. Um, I remember breaking the news to my daughter. I was really worried about it. Just, you know, her going from being an only child, um, obviously to having a sibling living here full time. <clears throat> uh, but she was pretty excited. Um, I believe I left the conversation for my husband to have with his daughter in his hands. Um, and I know he did that on, he, he always visited her alone. He would always have just one-on-one -on -one time with her. Um, sometimes just once a week or a couple times a week. It just depended on the schedule. Um, so he, he spoke to her about it that time, but we really tried to ensure that they were involved in the process. So um, like at 21 weeks or whatever it was, we went for a 3D ultrasound and we made sure the girls were with us for that. Um, you know, they were obviously with us for um, our gender reveal party and just making sure that they were a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember one of the big things was because we live in the house where my stepdaughter lived before I came along um, and it's a small house. So we ended up having to move her out of what was her nursery and into another room. And I remember, I remember that feeling kind of icky to me. Like I, I felt bad about it. Um, but we tried to, again, make that really exciting. Her and her sister were going to share a room and we painted the room a new color and, and got new bedding and just tried to make it special for them. Um, and that went well for a few years. It, it was fine. They liked being roommates, but they've since needed some, some, some of their own space. So we've had to readjust again, but yeah, no, it, it was good. And, and even at the hospital, like when he was born, um, when they came up to the hospital, I had shirts made for them that said big sister and, and they wore those and, we just, yeah, we did what we could to make sure that they didn't feel excluded at all. Yeah, I think that is so important, right? Like, 
all the feelings that can come with a new baby coming, especially when the kids for us, my stepkids live far away. So I was so worried that they were going to be, you know, jealous of their brother that he gets to grow up with their dad in the house all the time and all those. And it's funny, I got them shirts made too. That's how we told them. But um, yeah, it's difficult. I remember worrying so much about how they were going to respond and all the things that can go wrong and none of it did. So, I mean. I I think one of my bigger fears, it wasn't necessarily about the kids. It was more about my husband. Um, I remember worrying. I remember worrying, first of all, that he wasn't going to, this pregnancy wasn't special to him and thinking Mm -hmm. like, and it's funny because I had already been pregnant and already had a baby. So I'd already been through it as well, but I had this thing in my head where, you know, well, he's already you know, been to a first ultrasound and heard the heartbeat and he's already done this and it's not special to him. And um, so I remember that being a big thing, but I also remember being really worried that he was going to have a really hard time connecting with our son because mm-hmm. of the guilt he would feel, you know, because his daughter was, you know, with her mother and, and how would he navigate that? And, and I remember that being like a, a really big deal for a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. And I you know, every little thing I would, I would pick it apart. And, you know, is this because he doesn't feel like he can connect with our baby or is this because this, or, um, I think I probably spent a little more time picking things apart than I should have. Yeah. Um, I hear you. Yeah. But again, I mean, it just, everything's just kind of fallen into place, I guess you could say. I mean, of course things aren't perfect and we have you know, issues, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think overall, everyone has settled into their roles pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And so what what made you want to start coaching stepmoms? Where did that kind of come from for you? Yeah, so I can remember, I won't throw any names around, but I can remember being on Instagram and I was scrolling one day and I, well, I saw a person in a sweater and a brand that I wear and it's local to where I live. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I clicked on it and I started reading the caption. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this person is me. Like this stepmom is like, she's like talking about me, but she doesn't even know me. Like this is wild. And I was already kind of well on my way to learning how to navigate and cope with all of the things that I was going through. Um, But it made me realize there was this whole other world of stepmoms and just people who were feeling like I was feeling and I didn't really know that they existed. And so I, I just dove right into like getting to know as many people as I could and connecting and, and which really helped also just having a community of people who are going through exactly the same things or maybe not even exactly the same things, but people that can relate and, mm-hmm. you know, make you feel less crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyways, it was a few months after that. I thought, you know what, like I love connecting with these people And, you know, we were chatting through DMs and stuff and like, I need to make this into something. And I started researching and I found that I could become a certified coach. And I was like, I'm doing this. This is what I need to be doing because I love it. And so I did, I I dove in, I got certified. And with, yeah, right after that, I I built a website and and here we are. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting, eh? like, because so often we talk to people, if you try to talk to one of your friends that isn't a stepmom or anybody, people don't get it, right? And no matter how much they try to understand and try to be there for you, it, it's there's nothing like talking to another stepmom who actually gets it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the amount of times that I've received an email or a message saying like, what you wrote about, like, it felt like you were talking to me. And and I can relate to that because like I said, this particular post, it was like, she was writing about me and she didn't know me. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it's just so, it's nice to feel validated in that way. And it's nice to have, um, it's nice to have someone to talk to who isn't just trying to say, well, you know, well, don't worry, that was his past or, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. He loves you or, and yeah, those things are true, but also like your feelings of insecurity and jealousy and being triggered and feeling unworthy. And like, those are also all true and real and and should be talked about. And, um, you know, they can't be fixed by just going, oh, well, I, you know, you're right. I won't worry about it. That was his past. Like, that's <laughs> not, you know. Yeah, it's not helpful. It's it's not. And, and I'm not saying that people aren't trying to be helpful because. Absolutely. Yeah, their intentions are great. Absolutely. Um, it's just not the kind of conversations that we need to have as stepmoms. So yeah, it's honestly the the world of social media can be such a pain sometimes, but mm-hmm. honestly, it was like a godsend finding this whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's amazing to me, even when I'm coaching stepmoms or listening to podcasts or seeing the posts on Instagram. It's amazing to me how many of us go through such similar experiences and, you know, you'll hear somebody's story and you'll be like, yes, me too. That exact thing happened to me, Mm -hmm. you know, or the same things will bother you or, you know, it's just a lot of us have so much in common that, yeah, not a lot of people can understand. So I agree. Finding the people who are going through this has helped me so much too. It's yeah, it's a game changer. It totally is a game changer. And, you know, even when I coach, sometimes I coach couples as well. Mm -hmm. And there's been a few times where I'll be, you know, coaching a couple and we'll be talking about something. And I try not to bring my personal, you Mm -hmm. know, experiences into it, but there are some times when they're going through something and I like to use, an example and so I will you know give that example and the one time in particular I remember this woman's eyes just lighting right up like that's what I said or that's what I felt and she looked at her husband and he's like oh yeah you you did say that and and I said yeah we're not it's not always that we're being you know too crazy or too needy or too jealous like this is a real feeling um, and it was kind of like a breakthrough moment. It was like a light bulb moment for him where he was like, oh, I, I get it now. Like, she's not just being, you know, insecure or over the top. Like, this is real. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's really helpful, too. I just think also for couples, like, you know, I, I feel like stepmoms are more the ones who are, you know, searching the Internet for answers. But I think mm-hmm. when we can get the partner kind of on board, it's it's really helpful as well. I agree. And so often it's, it's misunderstanding, right? It's, it's difficult because sometimes our approach to our partners is not great or they don't receive it well. You know, there's, there's (laughs) guilt attached to what you're complaining about, or they think you're attacking their children or them or whatever it is, or you're making things more stressful where the ex is concerned, where they're already suffering that way yeah so it does really help I've brought some partners in too and they it does help them to get kind of an outside an outside view yeah yeah I've even sent my husband a few podcasts like when I when something really resonates with me I'm like oh I'm gonna send him this and I'll, and I'll just say this is what I mean <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know, and there's been a couple times where he's like oh I get that I think just hearing it from a different person as well. Um, I know it's been really helpful for me, though, is just taking being learning how to take a step back and look at my husband's perspective. Mm -hmm. I was very much always focused on my perspective of things. Mm -hmm. And this is how it was, Mm -hmm. um, which caused a lot of arguments. And like you said, misunderstandings. And when I could take a step back and go, oh, like, that's why he's doing that. Or let him explain to me, like, this is why I, you know, did this. This is why I was, you know, 
helping my ex out or whatever. Whereas to me, you know, I perceive, oh, you're helping the ex. Well, you must be in love with her, right? Yeah, like, why don't you just go back to her? Yeah, you might as well just leave me and go get remarried. Like that's <laughs> yeah. how my brain used to work. It really, truly did. Yeah. yeah, you know, and then when I got better at not doing that <laughs> and got healthier and more secure in myself and my role and all of those things, we would be able to have a conversation where I would say, this made me feel this way mm -hmm. because of this. And then he would, you know, he would say, well, I did this because of this. And it was like, okay, I get that now. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I might not agree with it because don't get me wrong. I definitely don't agree with all of his choices, but mm -hmm. I can understand his perspective now in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, that's a huge game changer yeah and that enables you to have conversations that you aren't just trying to prove your point and he's trying to prove his point and then neither of you are hearing each other right yeah it's not about being right anymore and I think that's what I was always so focused on before mm -hmm. was like, well I'm right and you're wrong um and that's just not how our conversations are anymore our relationship is anymore I I have a whole new completely different outlook on my role as a stepmom and where I belong and, and all of those things. Um, and again, it's not always easy. It's not always simple. And it, it I mean that it doesn't hurt sometimes. Like there are sometimes when I, you know, so badly would love to just jump in and fix things or whatever, but there are times when I'm not needed there. That's not what my role needs to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but taking the focus off, you know, the biggest thing I will say, I think it is, is your ego. It's taking your ego out of all of it, right? Because when mm -hmm. we take your ego out of it, it changes everything. It changes your need to be right and to be heard, you know, and to try and one up someone else. Like, let's be honest, there are times when I used to involve myself simply because I wanted to one up the ex, right? A hundred percent. So now that I don't look to do those things, it just, it makes, quite honestly, it makes my life a lot better, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I can focus my energy where it needs to go. Um, and when I need to be involved, I'm involved for the right reasons. And I'm not involved because I'm trying to one up or I'm trying to be right or mm -hmm. whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's so many of us for so long, right? That, like three, four, five years ago, if somebody had told me that I was contributing to conflict that didn't need to be, I would have been like, no, she did this. She did that, whatever. And this isn't my fault. I'm just trying to do what's right. I'm trying to stick to the agreement. I'm trying to do what's right for the kids. I'm putting the kids first when in hindsight, no. I was trying to be right. I was trying to do to her what I felt she did to us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're trying to win this battle that is, you're not going to win that way. Right. And exactly. everybody's losing, especially the kids. Kids. Yeah. That's, and that's the biggest thing too. It's like at the end of the day, who like, it's your stepchild that that matters and it's their well-being and their happiness and so like at the end of the day is what you're doing like you said are you contributing to the conflict um mm -hmm. or are you you know what are you doing and i i'm the same way i had to take a really good hard look at like what am i doing to contribute to this um and yeah there were times when i was the reason that there were problems and that's a really hard thing to admit mm -hmm. um, it really is. And, and that's a, a huge roadblock for people trying to get help because that it, it's just a difficult thing to say, yeah, I'm actually part of the problem, right? It's easier mm -hmm. to just blame onto everyone else, right? It's easier mm -hmm. to blame the stepkid, to blame your partner, to blame the ex, to blame, you know, the in-laws. Um, it's harder to say, yeah, I'm part of the problem. So mm -hmm. I think when you can admit that to yourself, in whatever capacity it is, like, you know, maybe at first it's just grabbing your journal and, and writing these things down, you know, maybe mm -hmm. you're not ready to speak about it openly. Um, 
for me, that is how I started was, was journaling. And, and it was through journaling that I was realizing, wait a minute here, Mm -hmm. there's a problem and I am the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, a moment for so many of us that are on kind of the other side of the real big, I mean, like you said, there's always going to be moments and you're always going to have times that are tough and that you aren't reacting in the best way or whatever. We make mistakes. We're human. But the fact that I was able to take a look at myself and how I was behaving and be able to recognize my faults, right? And in the moment, I'm not saying that I was being malicious or that I I didn't know I was being that way. You know, I genuinely thought I was looking out for the kids. I genuinely thought I was acting in their best interest. But in hindsight, I was not. That was not at the base of what I was doing. Right. And yeah, but I genuinely did believe that. And then once you are able to see yourself behaving that way, then it also can lend to a bit of empathy for their mom thinking, you know, maybe she does believe she's doing what's right for the kids. And she just hasn't grown yet. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing, sometimes I remind myself of is like, you know, I didn't, just like we always talk about, like, stepmoms don't dream of growing up to be stepmoms. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, mm-hmm. Also, exes don't grow up to dream about getting divorced and having to share their child with someone else. Like, no one mm-hmm. grows up wishing that, right? No. That. So, like, again, I'm not excusing abusive behavior and I'm not excusing things like that. But there is a certain degree of, like, just understanding that I am able to give the ex now where it's like you know what yeah maybe this is kind of a difficult thing sometimes like Mm -hmm. maybe when we're going through something with my stepdaughter and I'm the one asking the question like maybe I'm getting you know the answer that I'm getting because it is difficult for her to talk to me about it like it is it's not Mm -hmm. what she always wanted it and you know yeah it's been 12 almost 13 years later but it's still difficult you know Mm -hmm. just like still difficult for me sometimes. So um, yeah, I think when we can humanize the X a little bit, that also is really, really helpful um, in just our own healing and moving forward. Like she is a real person with real feelings. And like you said, she is probably trying her best. Mm -hmm. And I know there are definitely, you know, X's that break that rule completely. Oh, sure. Horrible X's. Uh, But I think all in all, I I think a lot of, a lot of us need to to take a step back. Yeah. And go, oh yeah. Like Mm -hmm. she is trying or or this is, yeah, this is her perspective or this is the way she was brought up. And that's why she's dealing with it this way. Like, I really think that our value system has a lot to do with our parenting. And, you know, I know that I don't have the same values as my partner's ex, Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do see that as as quite a lot of the reason for the issues that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I also find it funny when I talk to stepmoms, and you know they'll she hates me, she doesn't even know me, she judges me or whatever, and then in the next breath it's she's doing this because of this, she's doing that because of this. This is how always happens over in her house. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. We assume yeah. things for sure, just like she does. We're human. Absolutely. And we we think we know this behavior comes because she did that. Probably not the case, right? Yeah. A lot of the time. Kids are kids. If every single thing that my biological kids did when they were not near me and somebody was like, that's because of you. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's horrifying. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. We can't be responsible for every single move they make their kids they're learning they're growing up they're going to push the boundaries that's how they are that's what they do yeah yeah absolutely yeah um, I was never a better parent than when I didn't have biological kids. absolutely yes it's far easier when you can just judge everyone else yeah yeah exactly and I also find that makes it a little easier to okay you know what maybe I'm assuming things I shouldn't be assuming and oh, yeah 
And yeah. I'm not as perfect a parent as I assumed I would be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know that it's hard. Like I said, I know it's hard to humanize a person that does create conflict in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm not suggesting that she has to be your best friend or anything, but, you know, reminding yourself, like you said, she's a human being, she's trying her best. She's, mm -hmm. You know, and don't do it for her. I'm not saying that she deserves this from you. I'm not saying that you should do it for her. Do it for you. Because how much time do we spend talking to everybody that will listen about this woman and how horrible she is and trying to convince them? And it's not worth it. No. Don't let her be the center of your world, right? It's a waste of your time. Like, why are you talking about her? Like, yeah. Yeah. Especially if she's horrible. And who cares if she doesn't like you? Yeah. Like, honestly, there's billions of people on the planet. If she doesn't yeah. like you, you'll be okay, right? Yeah. Like, and there's so many reasons she might not like you. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, I, I have to remind people sometimes that, like, when your partner and his ex broke up, like, they didn't end on, most people mm -hmm. don't end on great terms. They don't, mm -hmm. you know, they're ending it because things are bad and things are hostile. And so, you know, she looks at her ex, your partner, as probably an idiot, right? That can't, yeah. right? That, and so then along you come and she's like, well, look what this idiot dragged in. You know, now I've got two <laughs> yeah. idiots to deal with. Like, so yeah. probably right off the bat, she's probably like, oh, great. Like, look what, you know. And uh -huh. again, I'm not saying that it's nice of her to judge, but let's be honest, we all judge people. Mm -hmm. we, that's just who human beings are, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, maybe it's going to take her a little while. Maybe she still needs to do a little bit of healing. Maybe mm -hmm. she needs to get to know you. Maybe she needs to know that you're going to be around for a while. Like, you know, I certainly wouldn't want my child being exposed to a revolving door of people coming in mm -hmm. and out of your life. Like, of course, you're going to be protective of your child mm -hmm. and a new person coming into their life. So again, humanizing her and understanding, like, maybe this is why. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe, maybe it's a situation where you can extend the olive branch and, and say, Hey, can we have a phone conversation or meet for coffee? And maybe, maybe you do that. Um, maybe she's not ready. And that's also okay. Like you, you can still be your best without being her best friend or having a coffee with her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it also the ego, right? Her ego might be very much a part of how she's behaving. And that's, it's difficult. And I know, I like to believe if something happened to me and my husband, and we split up and, and my sons ended up with a stepmom. I like to believe that I would want to know her and that I would want to be but I don't know, honestly, how I would feel about that. Because when I picture that, this is a man that I respect and that I love and that he would obviously pick somebody who would be great to my kids. And I would love that because I only want them to be loved. But honestly, I would be jealous. And I'm sure I, it would be very difficult. So yeah, I don't know how I would respond to be honest, because it hasn't happened. So yeah, I mean, it, it let it would be very difficult to see your partner with someone new. And especially when it's, when you're living the life that she hoped to have with him, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's gotta be kind of a gut punch really. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. um, and again, that doesn't excuse abusive behavior or anything, but maybe she doesn't greet you at the door with a smile because she's hurting. And like, mm -hmm. you know, she's a human being and, 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 it's okay for her to be hurting and, and not want to say hello to you. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and you just have to accept that and that that's how things are going to be. And, and maybe in time things will be different and maybe they won't. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know um, with my husband's ex, we had very brief encounters um, over the years and, and things kind of came to a head at one point. And I finally said to my husband, do you mind if I just, reach out to her and we have a coffee and he said you do whatever you want <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah and so I I did I called her and I said like I I just think we need to have a conversation uh, we need to clear the air and 
so we did we met at a local coffee shop and we had coffee for like two and a half or three hours wow and we we had a really good conversation and it helped me get to know her and her you know get to know me a little bit more and you know there were things that she was bringing up that you know fears that she had I remember specifically one thing was you know when you guys when you know her daughter was three or four or something and we went to the beach and she said I was so worried because I knew you were going to the beach and I was just so panicked about her going in the water and like I felt sick to my stomach and I was like oh my gosh I said I I wish you would have just texted me because I said I had no idea that you felt that way and I said I'm a total paranoid lunatic when it comes to the beach and water in general. And mm-hmm. I said, I would have felt that way if that was my daughter going to someone else that I didn't really know. Or even if it was someone I knew, I would still be, you know, paranoid. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, I totally get that. Like, I wish you would have just said something. And she was like, oh, like, I didn't know if I could or whatever, you know. Um, and yeah, so I think that really helped just again, to kind of turn her into a human being with feelings. And like, maybe she's not texting just to like be annoying and check in. Maybe she was like texting because all day she felt like she was going to puke because mm-hmm. she was worried about her little baby at the beach that she just wanted to know that she was home safe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, we like to jump to con- conclusions, you know, and make up stories, which we end up hurting our own feelings a lot of the time. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah stories I did that all the time to myself I was always hurting my own feelings because I was Mm -hmm. making the most ridiculous stories and I would believe them Mm -hmm. you know and that was back at a time when I didn't communicate very well like you said there's sometimes we don't approach our partners in the best way yeah Um, I, I did that a lot um back a few years ago I I didn't know how to approach because most of the time when I did try and have a conversation that was step family related, it was just immediately an argument and my mm-hmm. husband was offensive. And so I just, anytime there was an issue, I would just immediately go into attack mode to approach him because mm-hmm. I knew that I didn't have a whole lot of time before he said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I'm shutting this conversation down. Cause that's, he's very good at not engaging Mm-hmm. in conversation like that uh whereas I was not so good at that um but yeah I, w- I was always attacking over things that weren't even happening you know mm-hmm. um, and so another huge part of you know being confident and having peace in your role is learning how to communicate effectively mm-hmm. uh, yeah but- it's probably the main component of your step family happiness is learning how to have those conversations. Yeah. That and not building these false narratives, right? Because so often you'll hear stepmoms say things like my stepkids can't even be bothered to look up and say hello to me. Mm-hmm. Well, kids aren't going out of their way to say hello to you, no matter if they're your stepkids, your bio kids, whoever they are. True. And <laughs> But the difference is, is that we take it so personally, right? Like, or if there, for me, there was two things that used to happen often that I would feel slighted. And one, we had one couch. Mm-hmm. We would go to watch a movie. I'd finish doing the dishes, cleaning up after dinner. I'd come in to sit down and watch the movie. And they're like all sprawled on the couch with their dad. And there's no space for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, they don't care to, of course, they don't care to save you a spot. That's not what their kids, they're not thinking about you. Right. And if these were my biological kids, I'd go in and I'd like smack them to move yeah. over, you know, like, Hey, make some room for me, you know, but being the stepmom, you're like all these thoughts and feelings and you're feeling hurt and you're feeling neglected. And now I feel even more like an outsider because there's no space for me, you know, And the same thing happened when we'd go for a walk and the kids would both hold their dad's hand and there would be no room for me. So I'd kind of get pushed back behind them. I have 8 million pictures of the kids holding their dad's hand walking behind him, right? Because I always think, oh, it's so sweet. But then also I'm like, again, being pushed out. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I remember thinking when I was pregnant, oh, oh now, you know, yeah. and then the baby's born and he starts walking and he's in between my husband and one of my stepkids. Now there's just four of them walking, you know, and that was a real eye opener for me. I'm like, this has nothing to do with biology. Like, and so I just started being like, hey, what am I, chopped liver? Is somebody going to come back here with me? And then they'd be like, oh, sorry. Like, and one of them would have volunteered to come. You know, it's not a big deal, but we're making it such a big deal, right? And it's it has nothing to do with the fact that they're thinking some big elaborate scheme to get you out of the picture. Totally not. They're totally not. And I do, you know, again, there's sometimes when I'll be coaching a stepmom and she'll bring up something like that. And I'll say, like you were saying about the couch, right? Or or saying hello. It's like when I come in the house, sometimes my kids don't say hello to me. Like, mm-hmm. and they're my kids, right? Like, yeah. and it has nothing to do with being a stepchild. It's just how they are, right? You know, maybe yeah. my daughter is moody today and doesn't say hi to me because she's being moody. Yeah. You know, I don't take it personally. Yeah. Right? She was 14 as a jab um it's just oh yeah she's in a mood so I'll just keep on walking you know yeah yeah. don't want to poke the bear yeah sometimes it's just natural kid behavior Um, Mm -hmm. you have to be really careful as a stepmom you know same thing are you telling yourself a story about it right like is really an issue or is this just like a kid issue that I need to like sure maybe it is hurtful but maybe I need to find a way to manage it because it's not being done on purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes just making light of a situation is how you can deal with it. Right. Like I I use the same phrase with my stepdaughter, like, Oh, well, yeah. What am I chopped liver? Like, what am I scotch? Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And they don't even realize they're doing it. Right. And they don't. I also like to think that that's a good sign that they don't feel burdened to worry about your feelings, right? Because that's not their job. And so if they are just behaving like kids and not worrying about making sure you're okay, then it's a good sign that you have let them know that you are a grown up and you can take care of yourself and they don't need to worry about you and they shouldn't feel like they do. And it's not always a sign of disrespect it's just them being kids right and if you want them to say hi to you and you say hi and they don't respond then go over there and get in front of them and say hi (laughs) you know like sometimes they're just so into whatever they're doing they don't hear you right and yeah if it is an issue if it is a thing where yeah you know they've come in the house and you've said hello and they've just looked at you or not looked at you you know, okay, so maybe that is an issue. So step number one, you need to talk to your partner, like, hey, this seems to be an ongoing issue. How can we agree to go about dealing with this? Because I personally find that very rude and very hurtful, you know, and after you've had that conversation with your partner, next, sit down and and address it with your stepchild, like, hey, I find this very hurtful. Maybe you're not doing it on purpose, but maybe you are. And Mm if you are, you know, let's talk about maybe why that's happening, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the thing I always like to say is like, we don't have to love each other. We don't have to even like each other, but you're living in the same house. So let's learn how to have respect for one another while we're living under the same roof, right? Because yeah let's be honest, some situations are really tough. Like some stepchild mm-hmm. situations are not ideal. And, you know, going up and, and trying to say hello to them, they might be like, you are rude. Yes. Right? yes. True. Um, yeah. So yeah, like, let's talk about how can we mutually exist in this home together and mm-hmm. be respectful of one another you know, mm-hmm. and if that means say hello, then you know, and, and, and so if, you know, create an expectation and a rule about that, like, well, if you don't say hello to your stepmom, this is what is going to happen, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, set some boundaries, set some rules. And, but I think stepmoms, we always, you know, we feel like we're tippy-toeing around all the time and we don't want to mm-hmm. 
upset our stepkids more and we don't want to cause a problem with our partner but you know when it does come to things that are like really affecting you I think it's important to address it number one with your partner first right and come up with a plan um Mm -hmm. and like when you address your partner not attacking them as if they're the ones that have forced their stepchild to act that way right like you know, and they don't always see it. That's the other thing. Like our, our partners don't see their kids in the same light that we see, that we mm-hmm. see, they see them from a totally different lens. So again, having the conversation and just opening their eyes to what you're seeing and what you're feeling and then proceeding, but going into attack mode right away is just going to make them defensive and they're just going to shut down and be focused on defending themselves and their stepchild. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you, if they feel like you're attacking their kid, you're not going to win that, right? They're not going to hear you because they're going to be protecting their child, which is natural response. Yeah. 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 So again, learning how to communicate effectively is is so important again, for like so many reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think having that conversation too, in that way, you know, so often we demand respect from the kids and it just doesn't always work. Right. And having that conversation to ask them how we can have respect for each other while showing respect to your stepkid, right? Because they're not going to feel overly respected. If you're like, you are going to say hi to me when you walk in the door and that's how it's going to be. Right. They don't feel heard. They don't feel respected. So I think having a conversation where they are allowed to speak and being open-minded and, and hearing what they have to say can really help them to feel more respect for you and want to show you that, right? Rather than, oh, my wench stepmom yelled at me again because I didn't freaking say hi, like, ugh, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I like to talk about like letting kids have their feelings. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think we do it enough, you know, mm-hmm. let, and like give them permission. Like it's okay if you wish your mom and dad were together, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that's okay to feel that way. And it's okay to feel sad that you have to go back and forth and it's okay mm-hmm. to miss mom when you're at your dad's house and vice versa, like give them permission to have those feelings. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think so many times stepkids feel like they can't have those feelings, you know, or they have to hide them. And I think that that gets really heavy for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's hard for them too. Right. And we, we always talk about, you know, it's our time and, and on their mom's time and this is what she can do. And this is what we do here. And Meanwhile, the kids get no say in anything and they're just being shuffled back and forth. And you, you bring up a really good point that it is important to be able to give them the opportunity to say how they feel and to be allowed to feel that way, you know, because we are so busy feeling all the things that we're feeling and that that gets lost sometimes. Right. And that their behavior may not be because their mother has programmed them to treat us this way. Right. You know, there may actually be things within them that they're struggling with that we're not being open to seeing or asking them. Absolutely. Like, I I truly think that I think so many times us as adults can get so just fixated on, you know, my Mm -hmm. life hard and, you know, all the things and it's like yeah and there's also kids like the things are hard for the kids too right like I well I can't imagine because I was a child of divorce so I do know what it's like going from home to home you know and it's hard it is it's really hard to Mm -hmm. go you know for me I was at my I lived full-time at my dad's so it was my dad and myself he didn't have a girlfriend it was just me and him and he worked full time and played every sport, still plays every sport on the planet. <laughs> and so we had a busy life of going to sports or I was home alone and we traveled a ton. That was my life with him. And then I would go to my mom's and there was my two sisters lived there. She, you know, was in a different relationship, had two more children. And so it was very busy and it was, you know, not all about me, of course. Um and there were different rules and, you know, we, we didn't do the same things as what I did with my dad. 
So it was two totally different households. And it's the same for my stepdaughter. You know, she has her quiet house with her mom and then she comes here to the circus and it's like, yeah, sometimes she has a hard time like getting into the groove here because it's loud. We have dogs, there's people, there's no ways. Like, it's just a lot. Yeah, sometimes kids just need like, some time also to just adjust from bouncing from back and forth and house to house like it's hard I know like going to a hotel for the night is like difficult for me mm-hmm. <laughs> like imagine having to do that all the time yeah <laughs> going back yeah. And forth, back and forth. like it's it's exhausting and when you're you know a young person and you're trying to figure out who you are and you've got you know your own things going on at school and you know, we just, we focus so much as step parents on our own, you know, our own struggles. And I think we just, sometimes the kids get lost in that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so important to open up conversation with them and, and give them permission and let them talk and let them say how they feel without being worried of hurting someone's feelings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because juggling that all the time would be hard. And yeah. We always hear about, you know, all the lack of control that we have as as stepmoms, but these kids have no say in any of it. None. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like they didn't even get to choose to start dating the guy with the kids. Right. Exactly. So giving them, yeah, the grace and the opportunity to be able to express that and do what we can to help them through it because- Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for everyone. There's things, there's things for everyone involved that can be a little tricky, but you know, at least we're not alone. (laughs) Right. No, we're definitely not alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I could talk to you for hours, but I know I promised you an hour and it's getting late (laughs) where you are. So we'll wrap this up, but why don't you let everybody know where to find you and how they can book some sessions with you? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Instagram at amelia.lane.stepparentcoach, um, or you can visit my website. It is lanestepfamilycoaching.com. Perfect. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here, and we'll definitely have to have another conversation because that was when actually went way too fast. So I agree. Yeah. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Step Struggles. If you are wanting to discuss what you're struggling with, I do offer step family coaching at strugglingstepmom.com. I'm also always open to chat on Instagram at the struggling stepmom. If you'd like to weigh in on our struggle of the week, give me a follow and watch for the question box in my stories. Thanks again and talk to you guys next Friday.